This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this show's for you. Hi there, I'm Laura Cave, Head of Marketing here at Brella, and with me today, as usual, is our Chief Revenue Officer, Mike Zarillo, for Better Benefits, episode number 15. Today, we're talking about a new alternative to traditional group health insurance, the health reimbursement model. And we have with us the Head of Growth from Take Command Health, Mr. Kyle Estep, who happens to also be a friend and former colleague from our days at Oscar Health. So I'm super excited to have Kyle here with us today. Mike, before we introduce Kyle, I want to set the stage a little bit. Kyle and his team at Take Command are providing what's become known as ICRAs, or Individual Contribution Health Reimbursement Accounts. And the idea for is for employers to offer these instead of traditional group health insurance benefits. And I understand this has been a little bit of a hot button topic for some for a little while, but some people see it as a great opportunity. Have you heard anything about the uh, the ICRA model? Yeah. So Laura, great, great to be back with you again. And thanks for running solo in our last episode. Yeah. So first, I'm definitely looking forward to this discussion because truthfully, you know, I know enough to be dangerous about ICRA. So I'm really glad to have Kyle here to help not only educate us, but but also share his thoughts with our audience. And certainly better to have him explain it than, than me. But what I will say is that ICRAs are clearly another option for employers and brokers to access when it comes to building the best possible healthcare strategies. And I know that that's an important topic for us here on the podcast. And they certainly seem to be gaining in popularity. And and from what we've learned and, and experienced and getting to uh, chat more with Kyle is Take Command Health is a really impressive organization. So glad glad he's with us. And you know, since the concept is still a bit on the newer side, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing his experience having been in the market in Texas working with brokers and, and their employer clients. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm really curious to hear about this too. So, okay, let's go ahead and introduce Kyle. Kyle is the head of growth and business development at Take Command Health, a Dallas-based ICRA on a mission to accelerate the adoption of the health insurance reimbursement model. Previously, Kyle spent five years building out insurance operations and sales in the Texas market with Oscar Health. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to talk benefits. Yeah. So before we dive into all the goods about ICRAs and how they work, I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about how you got here and what made you want to join Take Command Health. Well, Laura, you know, it started when I was a little kid and I always knew I wanted to work in health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually use that as an icebreaker sometimes with people. You know, we'll be in the room and I'll say there's one thing we have in common. None of us ever intended to work in health insurance. <laughs> It's pretty true. We've all had winding paths. Well, that's two of us. I, this That was my lifelong dream too, Kyle. <laughs> so backing up, I guess I'd say like the typical college grad, if we start there, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I went into consulting and spent a number of years at Deloitte Consulting, really enjoyed it, and uh, got pulled into some, some health insurance projects with some regional plans. 
and went off, got an MBA, kind of thought I had left it in the rearview mirror. And then what happens while I'm in grad school, but Obamacare comes along, the Affordable Care Act, and really changes the game. And so I went back into consulting because I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and got to do a lot of really interesting work with a number of health insurance carriers across the country. And while the industry may seem kind of unsexy on the surface, what was cool was just how intellectually stimulating that work was, because as we all know, healthcare is extremely complicated and health insurers kind of sit at the middle. Fast forward, I thought, man, it'd be cool to kind of get back in the entrepreneurial saddle. I had some dabbled with some stuff earlier in my career and heard about this little company in New York called Oscar. I think at the time it was 150 or so employees. And I think, Laura, you might have already been there at the time. And uh, turns out my wife and I had literally been talking about moving to Texas. And I called someone at Oscar and said, hey, it's, what you guys are doing is so cool. Everyone in the industry is kind of watching. It's too bad you're in New York. I would never move to New York. And sure enough, they said, well, you know, we're expanding to Texas. And so drove for two days, you know, planted an Oscar flag in, in the state of Texas and had a lot of fun building the business, starting in Texas and then getting the chance to kind of bounce around the country and be on the forefront Launching new insurance products, whether they were individual, small business, or Medicare Advantage, in fact. And probably more importantly, getting to build the team and kind of create a sales culture and a growth culture uh, that was unique, I think, in the industry. Fast forward a bit, and I got to kind of sit at the intersection of the individual markets and the group markets. And I was paying close attention to Washington, D.C., as we all do in this industry, if you're going to stay abreast of change. And along comes, at first, some legislation during the tail end of the Obama administration that said, you know what, if you're a small business, you can reimburse your employees tax-free for individual insurance prints. I thought, oh, that's novel. That's interesting. And then the Trump administration actually looked at that and expanded upon the rules to say, well, let's not limit this just to small businesses. And I was at a policy conference pre-COVID when we could have, you know, a couple hundred people in a room and got to be on stage and talk a little bit about how this might change things. And it was a little bit of a eureka moment for me. And I realized that, wow, this could be big. And my friend, Jack Hooper, was starting a company or had already a company called Take Command Health, but that was really doubling down in this space. And it really was the right time to kind of get back in the garage on a new solution. And I can talk a little bit about kind of what the ICRA is fundamentally, if, if that'd be helpful. Yeah, Kyle, that's great. And yeah, for sure. Let's learn a little bit more about the Take Command solution and, and what you're doing to create a good experience for you know, employers and, and their employees. That'd be great. So if we talk about this ICRA thing, the Individual Coverage Health Reimbursement Arrangement, you know, what is it fundamentally? So I think we all know that employers increasingly hate dealing with renewals. I mean, I think they look forward to it about as much as a root canal, but it's just what we do in this industry. And it's always that time to take a fresh look at benefits. And one of the things that employers have been asking for a long time is, hey, can I just give my employees some money and let them pick a health insurance plan? Why do I have to choose between you know, health insurance company A versus B versus C? And the answer historically has always been, well, that's a cool idea, but it won't work for two fundamental reasons. Number one, employees and making sure that they're going to be able to get, quote unquote, good insurance, right? Because maybe you could have some healthy employees that could get a good individual policy historically, but your unhealthy employees or, or the ones that have real conditions might be out of luck. 
Well, along comes the Affordable Care Act and puts these consumer protections in place in the individual market. So now we've got one fundamental change in the individual market that says, okay, maybe this is interesting. But historically, a lot of what happens in this country is driven by tax law. And so the other thing that was different was that, as we all know, employers' premiums can be expensed through the business tax-free. And that wasn't true for if you wanted to reimburse an employee for an individual plan premium, that would be treated as post-tax or as wages and actually taxable to the employee as income tax and to the employer for payroll taxes. So what the ICRA fundamentally does is say, you know what, let's put this model on equal tax treatment to a group plan. And instead, the employer can say, you know what, we're going to set up an allowance and we're going to let the employees purchase their own individual plan and we're going to promise to reimburse up to the allowance. So you're fundamentally treating your health insurance program like other business expenses you might have. Like if you've got, let's say, someone going to Ohio for a business trip and you tell them, look, I don't care what hotel you stay at, but you've got a $200 a night allowance to stay at the hotel. You can go stay at the $100 budget hotel if you want, and we'll reimburse you $100. Or you can go stay at the mid-tier hotel that's $200, and we'll reimburse you the full $200. But if you want to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, hey, good for you, but you're still only going to get that $200 reimbursed. And so that's what the ICRA does, fundamentally. And what we do at Take Command Health is bring an end-to-end solution to that. Because I think a lot of people look at that and go, hey, that sounds great, but how the heck do you pull together you know, a benefits offering that actually achieves that goal. Because I'm used to going to my three or four carriers and getting three or four quotes when I take a client out to market. So how do I bring an ICRA alongside that as a potential solution? And so that's where we come in. We kind of say to our, our partners, hey, think of us like you had another carrier and another option to present on the table to your clients. And what we then bring to the table to actually deliver the solution is both the employer administration piece So a software-enabled platform to help the HR team actually run the program. So kind of think of a TPA and what they do in terms of creating legal documents and actually tracking, hey, is that an eligible reimbursement? Should we reimburse it? Bringing all that together, as well as the employee support side. Okay, You've got 500 employees across 12 different states. They're all going to have to shop for their own health insurance plan now. They're going to need help. And that's where both our software and probably more importantly, our in-house human beings can help them pick a plan that's right for them. And then going forward, you know, a dedicated account management team actually helps the employer run the program. So that's what we do. That's awesome. I know from experience, my first job at Oscar was actually helping people enroll in individual health insurance. And I know for sure that the employees are going to need help. I'm sure every employer listening knows that as well. So that's that's wonderful that you provide that kind of service. I was just going to say, Laura, you're exactly right. I think that's one of the things that unnerves both employers and brokers when they look at this potential solution of this feeling of being concerned about employees being kind of left to fend for themselves or completely cut loose. And that's where we think it's really important that the employees understand hey, this is a new kind of benefits program and you're going to be supported along the way versus saying, hey, guess what, guys? We're getting rid of the group health plan. That is a terrible way to describe it. Yeah, so I, I got a couple of questions here. I, I, um, on, on the employer front, so can you give me a sense for the sort of the financial piece of this equation? Is there 
cost savings? Or maybe can you, you share a little bit more about how that might work when looking at the overall employer spend when it comes to health insurance when it, uh, within ECRA? That's a great question. So we call it the design process, but you could think of it as equivalent to your quoting process from a carrier. With the ICRA model, the employer is fundamentally in charge of figuring out how much allowance they want to give the employees, but there are important compliance concerns as well as just kind of buying power discussions we need to have. And that's where looking at the group's current group health plan can be very important to help us kind of translate the current level of benefit being provided into a buying power discussion in the local individual market. And so we might take a look at the census, take a look at current spend levels, and probably most importantly, understand what the employer's goals are in an ICRA model and see if we can achieve them. And so our sales team, I kind of joke, they're much more uh, spreadsheet experts and compliance nerds than sales team because they have to bring all that expertise to the table to actually advise the clients and their broker partners on whether or not it's a good fit. Yep, that makes sense. And then on the employee side, so if you think about just traditional health insurance, employees got you know a couple of options, a couple of plan designs to, to to choose from during their you know open enrollment process. How many through your platform? How many individual choices do you give the the typical employee? Yeah, so good question. And by regulation, actually, the employees must be allowed to pick any local ACA compliant individual plan. It's important it's ACA compliant because the regulations were written to make sure they're still getting high quality coverage that's going to cover all of the essential health benefits. And then what we do on our side is we actually have an in-house brokerage that can help with those individual enrollments. So we have a non-commissioned in-house kind of enrollment navigator team that helps the individual employees make a choice. But then on the back end, our platform is going to be submitting those applications to insurance carriers that we're appointed with. And one thing to note, though, is that we'll also show even plans that we're not appointed with, but then we'll just redirect the employee if they choose that plan to go outside of our site and finish the enrollment on their own. So our kind of pitch there is we can make it easier for you if you choose, you know, carrier A, B, or C. But if you really want carrier D, who kind of refuses to play ball with, you know, the agency community, then you'll have to go get the plan and then come back and prove to us that you enrolled in it so we can authorize the reimbursement. Got it. Makes sense. Okay, last question, Laura, and then I'll, I'll give it back to you. So how about from a broker perspective? Just curious, you know, obviously, you know, we're working with brokers now bringing a completely different concept and approach to supplemental health. And, you know, you're bringing something pretty different to, to the marketplace too, in, in regards to an ICRA. What, what has the broker receptivity been in market or any, any additional thoughts you might be able to share there for brokers who are listening? Great question. I think it all starts with education. You guys can relate to this probably with what's going on with Brella in terms of how much education opportunity we have. And I think that's really where it all starts in terms of being able to help broker partners and their teams understand what the ICRA model really is. They've probably all heard a presentation from their compliance department at one time or another, but they haven't probably heard from someone that's actually implemented a solution and brought together you know, the, the whole package. And so I think for us, we can come in and say, look, We've learned some lessons the hard way. Let's teach them to you the easy way so you don't have to learn the hard way. As well as let's talk about who might be a good fit for this type of model. Because our kind of humble pitch is, if you look at the government's own forecasts, around 10 or 11 million employees are expected to be moved to this model in the next five to 10 years. 
That is kind of a drop in the bucket compared to the employer-sponsored insurance market as a whole, which is somewhere between 150 and 200 million people, depending on, I guess, the day of the week. So we're talking about less than 10% of the market, but it's important that the brokers have a solution kind of in their back pocket. And that's where, again, our humble pitch can be, look, you can't be expected to be an expert in everything. Let us be your go-to resource for the ICRA solution. And if and when you've got a client that it might be a great fit for, we're happy to take a look. And then not only that, on the back end, we can implement the solution end-to-end. And oh, by the way, our model works out that we have a revenue share arrangement where you're going to be able to kind of make just as much as you were on a group plan as well. I know that's another fear that some folks have about yeah, that's super interesting. You know, I'm, I want to press a little deeper into something we started talking about earlier, which is this idea of, you know, guiding employers and their broker advisors around when does this make sense and when is there cost savings going on? Because I, I know that the individual market looks really different in different cities and regional areas. So I wondered if you could speak a little bit more about that dynamic and how how the health of the individual health insurance market plays into whether or not this becomes a viable option. If there's one thing we can all agree on, the ACA has been a wild ride. And the first couple of years of the ACA, the markets really dried up in terms of carrier options. We saw rates going through the roof. I mean, the MLRs from a lot of the largest insurance companies were well over 100%. And what's been, I think, a much less told story has been the stabilization and the growth of the individual markets. So just reflecting on myself and my old role, you know, on the the carrier side was I remember 2016 when we were thinking about which markets might we pull back from, you know, what about commissions to brokers and how are we going to grow this thing? It's been a complete swing of the pendulum for most of the country. As we've seen carriers re-enter the market, commissions come back and grow quite a bit, and really uh, premiums stabilize. It's not played out evenly in all 50 states. So even though we're based in Dallas, we have clients across all 50 states. And what I would say is we're starting to see, as with any new trend, regional hotspots of adoption. And those regional hotspots tend to directly correlate with the stronger, more vibrant individual markets. So where there's a lot of carrier competition, a lot of network options and good premiums and good commissions, that tends to be where we see some of the early adoption. Okay, that makes sense for sure. Switching gears just a little bit, we've heard a bit from others that employers were slightly hesitant to make changes to their benefits offerings in 2020 as the COVID-19 pandemic was just hitting. And I think everyone was sort of trying to figure out which way was up, transitioning workforces to working from home. There was a lot going on. And so I'm wondering now, as we sit here at the end of Q1 in 2021, what's your perspective on the impact of COVID-19 in this space? You know, have you guys had to make changes to adjust? Has it has it opened people's minds to making changes or not? I'm just curious if you could give us a read on that. It's a great question. I could almost argue it either way. But the simple fact is because the ICRA model was so new in 2020, and 2020 was in fact the first year it was available, we don't have a lot of historical data to know was there a dip in adoption? Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, if we look at, I know some folks at Willis Towers Watson put out a report on ICRA a couple months ago, and they forecast that they think adoption was probably hampered 
by the COVID-19 pandemic, which makes sense. You know, you had so many priorities that you really want to completely change how you do health insurance in the midst of, you know, the country's worst healthcare crisis ever. Uh, probably not. So I, I, I tend to believe that argument. I mean, in our little pond in this new pool, you know, we doubled in size. Now, again, that was off of a small base, but who knows, you know, what adoption would have looked like otherwise. But I think we're excited, again, for us, when we look at the broader trends of that individual market stabilizing, we tend to see employers really kind of reach for this as a potential solution of, oh, wait, I really like, you know, that model of just, hey, I give them an allowance and they buy their own. That sounds simple. It's not quite that simple as what they learned during the design process. But that's where we also want to go through our checklist of, hey, are you comfortable with what's available in the local individual market? You know, what are you currently spending? What are your goals? If it is cost savings, is that achievable? If it's not cost savings, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example, we're seeing other case studies where it can emerge. So for example, let's say you're out in a, in a market and your headquarters in California or something, and Kaiser Permanente is a great local HMO option for your mid-sized company, but you're starting a new office in Phoenix or Dallas, where I am, and Kaiser's not available here. You know, maybe you can do an ICRA just for those employers outside of your home market and keep the group plan for the Kaiser faithful there in California at your headquarters. And so we're seeing also that type of creative adoption where some of the employee classing that's allowed allows some flexibility, generally on a geographic basis, where it can be a point solution and not necessarily a fully replaced solution. I appreciate that flexibility. That's, that's great. I mean, any without giving away too many details, Kyle, I'm wondering any sort of cases or groups sort of come to mind as a success story or just, you know, that, that case study nugget that might be interesting to share? Sure. Another one that we run into are Virgin Groups. So we've got a little story here of a company up in the Northeast that's growing via acquisition, and they're going to be putting together a number of senior living facilities. And they were having a heck of a time trying to get underwriting for those businesses. And each one that they're bringing on board is about 100 employees, give or take, but they're in different states and different regions. And so what we did was we said, well, how much benefit do you want to provide? And they said, well, we want to do something more generous than the industry does in general. We'd love to cover, you know, 80, 90% of a silver plan in the local market. So we worked with them to put together a little playbook. And now what's happening is as they add to their business, we can actually say, okay, and here's the solution out of the box, ready to go for your new facility in Timbuktu, in Vermont, in Arizona, wherever it might be. And so they don't even have to go through an underwriting process going forward because we've already kind of designed the solution and then can implement it as they go. And those virgin groups are always a challenge for, for carriers to underwrite. So here's just an example of where it can step in as a good solution as well. That's great. So give us a sense for what's up next for Take Command Health in, in the rest of this year and, and as you look into uh, the future. Yeah, continued growth is number one. Uh, that's my focus. And so we're doing a lot of hiring. It's amazing how much time that can take up. So we're excited about that and, and a growing team and hopefully getting everyone back into an office uh, in the not too distant future once folks are vaccinated. Beyond that, I would say from a capabilities standpoint, we really just think we're in the first or second inning of kind of a long game here with ICRA adoption. So we're excited to continue to partner with brokers and figure out where this solution can be a good fit. I would say a lot of times the learning is a two-way street in terms of where the 
the new growth can come from. And then from a software standpoint, we recognize there are some kind of breakthrough capabilities that are necessary for this model to really take hold. And a quick example of that is, at the end of the day, it is a reimbursement allowance. So the employee is buying an individual plan and then getting reimbursed. Some updated regulations actually allow the employer to front the full premium and then run the contributions through payroll like they would with the traditional group plan. But that's much easier to do when you have one carrier. In the individual market, we've got dozens, actually hundreds across the country. So what we're actually working on as well is what we call the payment solution, where we can actually allow the employers to kind of roll up those individual premiums and have one bill, so to speak, so that the employees don't have to worry about floating the monthly premiums and getting reimbursed. We think that type of stuff will be probably table stakes a few years from now, but for right now is really key to breaking open the opportunity. That's really exciting. It strikes me that just because there's new regulation and there's brokers who, you know, are benefits experts and are, you know, partnering with their employer clients, you still need somebody like Take Command to take those new opportunities and apply the technology, do the analysis, advise the brokers so that they can advise their employer clients to sort of figure out what does this new regulation actually open up in terms of strategies and opportunities that turn into real solutions for employers and their teams? That's really great. So Kyle, before we let you go, we have one last question that we ask everybody. We get nosy about your bookshelf. I'm wondering if you can tell us if there's a book or a resource that's had a big impact on you in your personal or professional growth that you'd like to recommend. Well, if it's a resource... I'll give you the plug I always give to everyone in this industry, which is don't sleep on Kaiser Family Foundation. KFF.org has so much good data. I'm always telling people like, if you have a question about data in this industry, go to Kaiser Family Foundation's website, KFF.org. I always get what I'm looking for there. See, They're the people that are actually bigger nerds than me, I think. I'm sitting here nodding vigorously. I'm actually really surprised that no one on this podcast has mentioned that yet. So congratulations, because that is 100% a great resource. And I will link to it in the show notes. Excellent. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. And it's been awesome to hang out with you today. Thanks for sharing with us everything that's going on in the world of ICRA and how Take Command is sort of, you know, moving that ball forward and coming up with new ideas and and solutions. I think that's really great. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you. Thanks, Kyle. All right. So Mike... I wonder, you know, we just talked about a lot. We just got sort of a a deep dive on the ICRA solution. So I'm wondering if you can talk us through a couple of things that are sticking with you from what Kyle mentioned. Yeah. Well, first, I I appreciate the education. I mean, I learned a ton in in a short period of time. And Kyle certainly has a a really solid grasp of, of this space, living it day in and day out. A couple things. Actually, three things real quick. First, it's amazing how quickly, you know, the, the benefit space can evolve, you know, when it when it comes to changes that are sort of, you know, forced upon us, right? Think about ACA and it's sort of that wild ride that that Kyle talked about. The fact that, you know, we've landed in a place now where the ICRA was developed, it's leveraging, you know, some regulation changes that provide another alternative, you know, in the market to solve a pretty big challenge and, and obstacle. I just the, the fact that, you know, really smart folks can quickly find those solutions, develop them and, and get them to market is always impressive. And I think that sort of piggybacks to 
you know, the, the take command platform and, and how that is built to facilitate the, you know, employer and employee experience, you know, that was, that was really interesting discussion because I didn't quite think about that when you pull this away from a traditional, you know, group insurance or group health plan offering. And then lastly, just the flexibility, you know, I think Kyle shared a couple of ideas where, you know, this could fit. And again, just another tool in the toolbox for brokers and employers to choose from when, when uh, designing their health plan strategy. How about for you? Yeah, I also was going to mention that I'm really impressed by their approach to what he called the design process, that really it, it is an open question as to whether or not an ICRA would be a good solution for your group. And you owe it to your group to answer that question, you know, with an open hand to say, you know, does this, can employees get health plans for an allowance that I can afford to give them? Are those health plans going to provide good options that I feel comfortable with that's comparable to the group coverage they're getting now? You know, does this actually give us the flexibility we need as an organization? And so I think all of that is really great partnership and something that brokers should feel really good about because it is really just like that additional analysis that's going to show you the way forward. So I thought that was really impressive. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that as the world, you know, goes back to our quote unquote new normal, I think we're probably still going to see a lot of this work from home, work from anywhere culture, which means that more and more companies are going to be hiring folks in markets where they're not primarily operating and how to provide health coverage for people that don't live and all and work all in one market is is going to become increasingly challenging if you have employees spread out all across the country. So I think it's really exciting that that whether the ICRA is, you know, just supporting some remote workers or if it's supporting everybody in the company because you're spread out and you work virtually, I think it's a perfect solution for the new sort of virtual work society that I think started in 2020 and is going to continue to be around for years to come. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, agreed. That's well said. Well, so if you want to get in touch with Kyle, you can check out what they're up to. You can visit their website at takecommandhealth.com. And if any of this discussion resonated with you and you want to get involved with us here at Brella, we would love to speak to you. You can email Mike at sales at joinbrella.com. We're working with brokers and their Texas-based clients on off-cycle enrollments, so you don't need to wait until your next benefit cycle to get your team the coverage that they need. Thanks so much. That's it. Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zarillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.